Hello. 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 Is this Brad? Hey. Do I call you J? JMV? You can call me JMV just like that, Brad. I'm going to call you God, Badass God. Guitarist. Is that okay? Call me BFG so we can match. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. There you go. Hey, buddy. I appreciate you dropping in here in Indianapolis. How are things going? Hey, things are going good. I got to tell you, you know, we had a little bit of a scare a couple months back with Jack, but he's doing better now. Uh, the machine's rolling again. I'm looking forward to our first show here a week from Friday. So, uh, yeah, we got a couple next weekend, one with Foreigner, then the next weekend the Balloon Festival in Temecula, California with, with Ario Speedwagon. Then we got this big tour coming up. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just great to be able to still be doing what we're doing 40 years after the fact there, JMV. It is absolutely incredible. Guitarist, badass guitarist. Brad Gillis joins us of Night Ranger here on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Now, coming up on July the 30th, it's Party Graw, and you guys are going to be a part of that. And, and Brad, I want to talk about Indianapolis and Central Indiana because this is a place you guys frequent, and it's always a huge response. Is this one of the better markets for Night Ranger that you have seen over decades? Because it seems like there is somewhat of a love affair between your band and the people in and around Central Indiana. Well, I got to tell you, you know, it's it's like this. The Midwest has always been great for us. There's a couple states that, that kick butt for Night Ranger, and that would be Wisconsin, Indiana, and, you know, Illinois, and, and, and areas like that. So we've always done well. Looking forward to coming back to your area. And, you know, this tour is going to be a lot of fun with Brett Michaels because he's turned it into this, you know, a Mardi Gras into a party gras, you know, so – you know, along with, uh, you know, Sugar Ray and, yep. and you know, the Starship and Steve O'Jerry, you know, uh, everybody. We're all going to get up at the end of the night and do a little bit of jam and then play some old classic tunes and just have fun, make it a party. So uh, I love the whole idea that Brett's doing because everybody's playing their biggest hits and then, uh, you know, get together at the end for more of it. It's uh, Brad Gillis is with us. Do you like that? I tell you what, let me rephrase. Did you like getting together with a lot of bands like that and just jamming early in their career, or is that something that has grown on you over decades, Brad? Well, you know, my whole career, uh, you know, when we pair up with, uh, you know, our 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 triple bills with, you know, uh, the journeys and foreigners yeah. and and you know Arios and 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 sixes and everybody you know uh, especially Ario I mean we used to get up and jam with them at the end of the night you know Jack Jack and I Jack Blades and I get up and and jam and and, and play along and sing along with these guys so it's kind of you know a situation where we do once in a while here and there but this is going to be this party every night for every show so not sure exactly what we're, songs you're going to be doing it's all going to be uh, uh you know figured out when we were actually going into a one-day rehearsal before the tour starts which has never really happened i mean wow i mean we're all rehearsed up to play live but you know brett wants to get together just to go over what we're going to do uh for this this this, this the end of the show party uh jam so you know looking forward to it we got a bunch of shows all around uh, about a month and a half worth of touring, 
And, of course, we have our shows that we're doing here and there on the side, too. So it's going to be, uh, you know, another 70, 75 show year for Night Ranger. It's uh, Brad Gillis of Night Ranger, the badass guitarist with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. July the 30th, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. That is when Party Gras is going to take effect and it is going to be absolutely outstanding. More of that in just a second. If I were to double back in your career with Night Ranger and to tell you back, I mean, I'd pick a year here, 83, for example. If I were going to tell you, you'd still be doing this and doing this strong in 2023, what would have a younger Brad Gillis told me? <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, JMV, I got to tell you, buddy, you know, who would have ever thunk yes. that we would be together 40 years later? You could count probably on both, you know, hands. Uh, how many bands are still together after 40 years, and we're lucky to be one of them. I got to tell you, a lot of it has to do with, you know, staying healthy and uh, getting along with each other. You know, that, that, that's the main crux of any band, you know, uh, you know, breaking up or whatever. It would be them not getting along and egos, egos taking over and such. But we all have a lot of fun, man. We goof off and we joke around. We all go out and have dinner together and nights off, even with the crew and, you know, we've uh, really picked and chose the best of our crew guys around us to really, you know, help the energy with the band and keep the spirits up and get the job done. So uh, we have a wonderful crew right now. The band's kicking butt. Uh, we've taken the last two months off, which gives everybody time to do whatever they're doing on the side. And so everybody's chomping at the bit to get back together here a week from Friday. Yeah, it's funny, Brad. You bring up the crew, and that was something I was going to ask you about because noticeably we always think about the band and the band members and how they're getting along and bringing your own energy and bringing your own juice every night. But how much is that, having that type of crew that brings it every night that helps not just set the stage for you nightly but have that as a continuation night after night on any tour? Well, a lot of it's personality and, you know, uh, uh, you know, just to, 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 to their demeanor, you know. Yeah. And plus, you got to re- realize after a show, we're hopping on a bus and all hanging together. And we all have a lot of fun. We goof off and we just, you know, joke around. It's, it's just a fun environment 40 years after the fact, you know. But I got to tell you, these guys bring it all. Uh, they, you know, they're, our, our crew is known for being one of the fastest crews to get off stage when we're opening for a, you know, a, a big boy, you know, a journey or, or a foreigner or REO, you know, well, I think we've, they've clocked it in at eight minutes to get everything <laughs> off the stage. And, and the headliners love that because, you know, they want everything off the stage so they can get their job done before their band uh, hops on. So, uh, you know, if we go over a couple minutes uh, of allotted time, uh, they usually don't care because they know that our crew you know, get, gets everything off the stage so they can set up for their uh, th- their act to come on. So, um, you know, it's just things like that that really make or break a band. It's a, it's a culmination of everything, of personality, worth ethic, work ethic, and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, – getting her done let's put it that way you know what i I do a sports talk show here and and coaches will tell you 
teammates will tell you that you don't want to be hanging around somebody that's going to be a drag. You don't want to be counting on somebody that doesn't bring the energy every night, somebody that you have to kind of fire up with that energy. And I'm assuming the same holds true like in sports to that of what you guys are doing, musically speaking, night in and night out in concerts. You don't want to have to drag somebody's ass along because they're not feeling it tonight or because they're not in a good mood or anything like that. So it seems like you do have to have that cohesion, don't you, from band members to to crew members to get this thing where you yeah. want it night in and night out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, these crew guys, they want to keep working. If they're not working with you, they're going to go work with somebody else. And since we've kind of got the best of the best on our team, that if we're not busy, they're going to go with somebody else. So we like to keep everybody uh, around. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, year, two years ago during COVID, we just started branching out again and on the road. And I think we uh, worked harder and longer than anybody in the industry trying to get everybody back out during that horrendous situation. So, um, you know, like I said, last year, you know, we're doing like 70 shows this year. Last year we did, I think, 80. So when you have that many shows around you, the crew sticks with you because they, they just want to work and stay busy. So, uh, and a lot of our crew members has been, have been with us quite a few years. And that show, you know, shows the test of time with these guys that we're all getting along, you know. It's uh, Brad Gillis of Night Ranger again July the 30th. Party Gras 2023 is at Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. And Brett Michaels and the gang put that together. And, of course, Night Ranger, Jack, and Brad, and everybody will be a part of that. That's going to be an excellent show out at Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. You mentioned COVID, too. Was it more difficult? I'm, I'm talking about the first show after COVID. What was more difficult, trying, more compelling for you? That first show you guys did after COVID or the first show you ever did just in general, Brad? What was more difficult? Well, that's a, that's a little different situation. You know, we scaled back and actually had no beat and greets. We didn't want any contact with anybody around us. Uh, you know, at one point, we, uh, boy, the whole audience was wearing masks, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, we, we needed to stay healthy because once, you know, a band member goes down, with COVID, it kind of stops the machine. So we actually had an instance where that came into our camp, and we ended up canceling a few shows because of it. Uh, but, you know, everybody tried to stay healthy, and we're wearing masks on planes, and, you know, whatever it took to, 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 to get around and, and stay healthy. But it was a scary situation, but... Believe me, I've been in more scary situations, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, just starting out, you know, uh, getting out on tour. You know, I was with, in a band called Rubicon with Jack Blades back yeah. in the late 70s. And we did the Cal Jam 2, uh, March 18th, 1978, uh, Ontario Motor Speedway. You know, it was Foreigner and, 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 and Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, Hart, Dave Mason, Santana. Uh, it was this huge concert. We were in a band called Rubicon. We, we were nobodies, but... We had 250,000 people at that show when we played, and that was the biggest show day of my career. Yeah. Uh, and I was pretty nervous on that one, buddy. I got to tell you, <laughs> uh, I was 20, 20 years old and, uh, you know, thrown into that big fire. Uh, that was crazy. But then, you know, after that, yeah. uh, you know, getting Night Ranger together, trying to get a record out, and I went off with Ozzy, played with Ozzy for like seven months. Uh, seven, eight months and, and tour with him. And that was scary, too. I, um, uh, you I know. would imagine that was because I, I listen, it was Diary of a Madman tour aptly 
described, right? Is that what it was, I would imagine? Yes. I'm just guessing. So. Yes, it was. It was right around, uh, you know, March 19th, 1982, Randy Rhodes died in that yeah. horrific plane crash, uh, which is such a tragedy. And I was in a club band uh, playing around the San Francisco Bay Area, and we were playing a couple uh, Aussie tunes. And, you know, I put this band together because Night Ranger at that time, we had demos, we were shopping it, but we didn't play any shows because nobody knew who we were. We were trying to go straight from intense rehearsals, uh, learning songs, to shopping demos to get a record out. So I put together a band because basically I just wanted to play. You know, I right. I played in club bands out of high school, played five sets a night, five nights a week. I'd in my blood, you know, just to play. So, uh, you know, I put together this band and I, I went and saw Ozzy play in 1981 uh, at the Day in the Green and at the Oakland uh, Stadium with a bunch of other bands. And, you know, Randy was being touted as the next Eddie Van Halen. So, you know, me as a guitar player, went with a bunch of buddies down there in the song play, blown away. All the great music that Ozzy was putting out in the live show was just amazing. And Randy was amazing. And so I was doing a couple, uh, we were doing a couple uh, Ozzy tunes in our set and after that plane crash, uh, man, it was just heavy for me and the band, you know, playing a few of those songs. And, yeah. you know, luckily somebody saw me play and they told this guy, they told this guy, next thing you know, <laughs> it was a, uh, I had played Friday and Saturday night uh, in clubs, you know, in the Bay Area. And early Sunday morning, I get up, you know, being up real late, load, uh, load up my equipment, getting out of that club that night, probably got to bed at three or three in the morning, whatever it was. You know, about seven, eight in the morning, I get a phone call and, you know, wakes me up going, all right, who's calling me? It's Sunday morning, you know, 730, whatever it was. And this lady's on the phone. She goes, hello, Bradley. This is Sharon Auden from Ozzy Oswald's band. We'd like to fly you to New York for an audition. I'm like, all right. I actually said this. I go, all right, who is this? I'm sleeping. Quit messing with me. And she, no, no, this is Sharon. Yeah. You want me to put Ozzy on the phone? I said, yeah, put Ozzy on the phone, right? All of a sudden, this guy, this man on the phone, hello, Bradley, this is Ozzy. Uh, we'd like to fly you out. Uh, I need you to grab a pen and paper and write down these songs to learn. Now, at that time, my father was a pilot. He flew all over the world, but they were in New York. I was in the Bay Area, and talking to my father before that, when you go coast to coast, there was a, back in the 80s, there was a delay time in the phone call. Uh, there was a slight delay in the phone. Now, talking to Ozzy, all of a sudden, I heard this delay in the phone. I freaked out. All of a sudden, I'm going, oh, my God, it's Ozzy on the phone. I go, well, give me a second. Let me get a pen and paper. So I grabbed the pen and paper and wrote down all these songs. I said, Ozzy, uh, I only know a few of these songs. Well, you'll learn them, won't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> so basically, that was a Sunday morning, and they flew me out on a Tuesday. I learned what I could at home. Now, you got to realize, I, I learned music by ear. Sure. So there was a definite advantage to that, playing that gig with the uh, with Ozzy Osbourne because um, uh, I, I was able to go on the road, fly to New York, and 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 Sharon set me up with a boombox, a boombox with a cassette player, uh, a little amplifier. Of course, I had my guitar with me, and I sat in my room all day and listened to a live board tape, which I still have cassette. I have a couple of them with Randy Rhodes on it, mm. uh, a board tape, so you could hear everything crystal clear. 
and sat in my room and just went over it over and over again, learning the parts little by little. So after four days, uh, the fifth show, they had another guitar player, uh, interim guitar player at the time called Bernie Torme. He yeah. flew over from England just to keep the keep the uh, uh, the tour uh, going. So uh, I would sit in my room all day and learn what I could, go to uh, the show, stand at the soundboard, and watch this show that was unbelievable, sold out every night, this big castle they had back then. Um and just you know all the all, all the pyro they had and and you know just it was just oh. huge it was, uh, bigger than life right and I, I remember being at the soundboard watching the show every night just thinking oh my god I'm gonna be up there soon <laughs> you know and the sound man the sound man will look over at me and he'd laugh he'd go <laughs> yeah good luck up there buddy <laughs> and he'd laugh at me right and I, I think oh god okay no no pressure here so you know after four days i pretty much had it all together and on that fifth day we played binghamton new york wow. sold out show i think it was like eight thousand people and you know i went in and did sound check now ozzy didn't even show up out of the 18 songs we only played seven at Soundcheck before they had to open the doors. And so that's all I had to work with uh, in the band was the seven-song Soundcheck without Ozzy. He wasn't even there. And then, you know, my first show. Uh, and, and then, you know, about two hours before, after Soundcheck, getting ready to go on, Rudy Sarzo, the bass player, comes up to me and says, Now, Brad, I'm over the mountain. You know, I do this thing where I grab my neck and I go back and forth, up and down. You got to do that with me. I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have enough pressure as is, right? <laughs> so sure enough, I'm, and over the mountain is like, right? And I go look in the mirror, going, taking my neck up and down, going, really? Oh gosh, you know. And after about 20 minutes of that, I, I got it down, so I was able to pull that off. But, you know, the funny thing was I went and did the show, and, you know, I didn't know what to wear. I didn't have any stage clothes. They had to dress me in, like, a Ferrari jumpsuit, which was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, I went up and played the show, and uh, uh, halfway through, it's just a ballad that turns into a hard rock song called Revelation Mother Earth. Right. So I'm playing that song, down, down, you know, and – uh you plan it along, and it kicks into this fast section. Now, I kicked into it early. You know, I came in instead of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, uh, bridge, uh, uh, fast part. I went in early. And I remember, and I'm kicking in the fast part. And, and every Ozzy looks over at me, and Rudy looks over at me, and I go, what? And I stop playing, and they're still playing the slow part. So I screwed up on that one song. Now, I got through the rest of the show. Sure. Turned out pretty well. Uh, the next night, uh, getting ready to go on stage, and, 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 uh, and Sharon comes up, up, up to me and says, Now, Bradley, you, you, you're, doing a good, you're doing a great job, but tonight, don't screw up. You know? <laughs> yeah, okay. a little bit more pressure right there for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, so, I, you know, what, what I gather is, man, your ta- I mean, your level of talent. Your level of talent is the reason why they wanted you in the first place, and you have to have even 
a quiet confidence to be put in a situation like that because there's no you don't know what the hell's going to happen next. You have to adapt. And I think that that would be one of the hardest things to do because these guys had gone over rehearsal after rehearsal, even when Ozzy doesn't show up. But you're out there having to adapt on the fly like that. That, to me, Brad, makes it even more amazing. And that's the reason why you got hired. That's the reason why you sustained as one of the you know, great guitarists of, of any era, especially ours, theirs, uh, younger now. It's been an amazing run for you, too. I, it's, uh, well, I think about well, that all the time, about sustainability. Well, that's you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate all that. Uh, I got to tell you, when the uh, when the plane crash happened, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about, boy, wouldn't that be a great gig to have, right? Right. But I was thinking of all the great players around the world that that were possibly available. We, you know, went through my head. Oh, they're going to hire this guy. Oh, they're going to get this guy. And for me to get the call, it was just I was blown away. Uh, and and you know, I. I when I got to New York, I met Ozzy and everybody that night, and and there was a bunch of guys in the room around my age, and I asked the road manager, Larry McNeeny, I said, how many of these guys are auditioning? He goes, oh, no, man, these are, you know, these are guys with press, and these guys do this and that. You're the only one. And I thought, okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, because I thought I was going to be going through a whole audition process with a bunch of other guitar players, and it was just me, you know, so... I learned a lot on that tour. I grew up a lot. So by the time I got back with Night Ranger, uh, the start of 83, when, you know, uh, we recorded Speak of the Devil with Ozzy, that live Black yep. Sabbath record. We recorded Dawn Patrol with Night Ranger, and they were both released the same week. Uh, were picks of the week on Album Network magazine. And so I had two records that came out the same week, which was awesome for me. I'm flying eye on that one. But, you know, as soon as we started the 83 with Night Ranger, they put us right on tour with Kiss. So it was like right into the major markets again. So mm. we didn't lose a step. And, and of course, you know, uh, Don't Tell Me Loving came out, and then yeah. Rockin' and Still Rockin' America on the second record. And then that big old ballad called Sister Christian came out, and that took us to a headline status. So we moved up from there. It's uh, Brad Gillis with us. Was that Diary of the Madman tour, was that the uh, the bat-biting incident in Iowa? Were you there? No, that was that was before. Was that all before? that stuff happened before me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the Alamo, all that crazy stuff. I couldn't remember if that were a, if that was eighty two or or before that you got there. So yeah, anyway. it was right before I got there. Yeah, all those incidents. Let, let, let me tell you this too, and I, I don't know what you think. And Brad Gillis is joining us from Night Ranger. You had the best of times in the eighties because not only did you have a great band in Night Ranger, and you were taking off at that time, and everybody was loving the music, but MTV loved it too. And then you fast forward so many years now, and while social media can be such a pain in the ass, Brad, I mean, it really can be, at the same time, it has reintroduced you or introduced you to so many different generations that maybe you and I growing up in the day would have never found because of the lack of technology. Is Has this been the best of both worlds for you and Night Ranger from basically 83 to 2023 now with this in mind? Well, I'll tell you, when MTV came out, it put a face to the music, and right. that was great for us. And you got to realize there was at a 27, 24 seven format of MTV playing uh, videos all the time. They didn't have enough content. So they were playing the Don't Tell Me video uh, probably 25 times a day, literally. So that really helped us out a lot. 
and we're glad to be part of that. But it's changed now. It's a whole different ballgame with MTV. But we're just glad to be there during the inception of it, and it really helped us band out immensely. Yeah. You think about it now, too, because you get social media where people can, for the first time, younger generations be introduced. And then the whole touring aspect of it is different now because there are so many different venues where you can go and play, and those longtime fans can check you out, and then you can be introduced to those new fans. It yes. just seems like it really – I, I hesitate to say because I'm not in it. You know, a fantastic time in yeah. music. I don't know if it's that, but it sounds interesting, I guess, if, with that in mind. Yeah, it, it's great. You know, we're just glad to be uh, keep this machine rolling and doing well and, uh, you know, uh, playing as many shows as we're doing. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's great, and I'm looking forward to this summer. Yeah, well, you guys get started when? Next weekend is what you said? earlier no no we got other shows uh the tour starts in in, in, in late gotcha. june hey hey I, i'm sorry man i got you got a roll all right interviews. you better i know yeah, I, I didn't mean sorry, to keep you this buddy. long Brad. i was having i was having fun too. <laughs> <laughs> well hey july the 30th ruoffo mortgage music center party gras it's night ranger and brad gillis the guitarist there man i appreciate you so much for the conversation really enjoyed it brad we'll see you when you get here in indy Thanks for having me, buddy. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Brad Gillis right there of Night Ranger. That was awesome.